You can be seated. Let's watch this encouraging video here. Hi, I'm Helen. I'm Greg. We're the Overbees. We've been the Overbees for five weeks. My husband passed away a while back, and Greg and Louise sat behind us in church. And we used to go to breakfast after church on Sunday, Len and me and Greg and Louise. And Louise passed away one Sunday. Greg asked if I would like to go to breakfast. And after about a two hour breakfast, decided we'd like to start seeing each other. And it definitely was from the Lord. That it wasn't something that we planned to happen, but we realized the Lord was with us. He was with us in our sadness. And now... It's definitely with us in our happiness. Yes, and the joy that we have together is definitely something that the Lord gave us. Ditto. <laughs> that was classic man. Ditto. Stand up, Greg and Helen. It's so nice you're here with your honeymoon. I repronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. Oh, yeah, so sweet. You know, I know, I know them. I've known them for years, and they're, they're, uh, they're rich individually. They're monogamous, loving relationships with their mates. And sadly, they died, but yet for them, it's, the Bible says to die is gain. They're still very, you know, they're in the new dimension with God. And uh, I'm certain they, they, they would be very happy to see companionship on their, on, their, on their loved ones. It's beautiful, isn't it? That in whatever season in life we're in, we can trust God to provide for us. And he certainly has, and this is a terrific example of that. The next one is uh, our amazing uh, Lisa and Jade Payden. Um, he shared a testimony at a civic uh, luncheon this last week, um, Progress 64, uh, and it was, you could have heard a pin drop. He shared a story about coming from the projects and coming up in through trials and challenges and his own personal sense of defeat and then uh, having Jesus be so faithful with him and working him through where he went from needing help to being able to provide help. And it's really a great testimony. And I had the vantage point of being able to sit uh, where I could see the crowd, and man, you could have heard a pin drop through the whole storytelling. This is brief, but I want to encourage your faith with it, um, because uh, God is opening up doors, and he's providing opportunities, and he's answering prayer. And whatever you're facing, this may be totally different from your trial, but that God is our God, right? And we overcome by the word of our testimony, but let's hear the word of these testimonies, okay? I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Payton. And I'm Jade Payton. So when Jade and I first got married, we didn't have a lot of money. And we took it upon ourselves to kind of do tithing the way we wanted to do it, which was to pay all of our bills, to, you know, pay tuition for the kids' school. And then whatever was left, we would tithe on. Some months we didn't have anything left because we didn't have a lot of money. And uh, running a household and you know, paying for things tend to have taken all the money. So we ended up not uh, tithing many weeks for months sometimes because uh, th times were hard. We chose to be safe. Uh, we tried to do it ourselves. We tried to do it in our own understanding. Unfortunately for me, I didn't trust God uh, with my first fruits. I felt like I needed to do the things around the house and in our families to uh, 
take care of our bills and then give. Uh, but I understood later that I was taking the place of God, that it took faith to tithe. I remember reading the scripture in Psalms 3-9 that talked about giving up your first fruits. And we were like amazed, like, so, I mean, so we're supposed to tithe first and then live on what's left. And in our minds, we just couldn't calculate how that would work. But once we committed to doing that process the way God says do it, we were amazed at the overflow that was left. There were times before we were doing it that way where we couldn't even pay the bills we had. But then once we start tithing first, we would be amazed that there would be a surplus in the account to live on. And I love that when you take him at his word and you trust him with your whole heart, he will never lead you astray. He doesn't want to see us in lack like that. He wants us to live and be fruitful. And that can look different ways. But in this case, for us, it was being able to supply all of our needs. Our bills were getting paid. Our kids' tuition was getting paid. We were even able to give to other people. Yes. We were writing checks and giving to people. And we were just sitting back like amazed at how God was able to bless us to bless someone else. I always thought of it as the basket with the fishes and the loaves and how, you know, people were taking out of that out of that basket and it, it just continued to feed and feed. And that's how I looked at our bank account. It got to the point where my love for the Lord grew and my love for tithing grew, where I realized I didn't have to always stick to 10%. Mm -hmm. That I can allow the Holy Spirit to interject and say, you know what, Jay? This Sunday, give 20%. Give 30%. Whatever the Lord put it on my heart to yeah. do, sometimes I'll lean over to Lisa and say, the Lord is saying, do this. And she would say, okay, we'll do it. And sometimes the Lord would speak to her and say, you know, Jade, I feel like we need to do this. And we would do it. So we got excited about yeah. giving. I always use the term holding things loosely. You know, money, when you don't have money, money becomes something you want to hold on tight to because you feel like if I give this, I, I'm not going to have anything left. And God was like, if you hold it loosely, your hand is open for me to fill it. And he was able to fill it. And he has done it over and over again for us. We have seen the goodness of God over and over again. We can't outgive God. We can never outgive God. We just love him. And we love you guys too. Hallelujah. Cooperating with what God's word says, we get his biblical results. The next couple, uh, the woman was a friend of uh, Megan, uh, my daughter-in-law, and though they live in Calgary, Ontario, Canada, um, they were watching the, uh, as you'll hear, ladies broadcast and, and uh, the live stream with uh, my Pastor Patsy and Addison and Megan. And there was, a, if you need prayer, call us up, you know, email us. So they needed prayer because they've been having struggles with fertility. And um, years ago, Dick Mills, a great minister from California, proclaimed that St. Louis Family Church was the fertility zone of the Midwest. And we have had some huge breakthrough with uh, people that had difficulty in the area of fertility and then having one baby after the other. So, you know, uh, watch out when we pray for you about that. But this is a great testimony 
of the Ayakintas. So I want you to enjoy this and I'll be right back. Hi, I'm John Iquinta. And I'm Mary Iquinta, and we're from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We had really hit rock bottom in our infertility journey. Uh, John and I were married in May of 2019 and right off the bat wanted to start a family and I had become pregnant a month after the wedding which we were just so overjoyed about and unfortunately that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage a couple of months later which was just completely devastating for us. You know in the months following we wanted to try again for another baby but month after month I just wasn't able to get pregnant and you know by six months time we decided to go to the doctor and you know, testing after that revealed that we had a very slim chance of conceiving our own child, which was, you know, in a word, devastating for us. And it just felt like this cold, really dark time and just hard to pull ourselves out of that with the news from the doctors. We had, at this point, gone through several rounds of fertility treatments, nothing was working. We began to start thinking, you know, what if it's not God's will for us to have a baby? We were just trying to get to the bottom of this, like, okay, well, if nothing is working and we're just still not pregnant, you know, two and a half years later, what does God want us to do with our life then? What does this mean for us? And I had actually watched the women's meeting on Wednesdays with Pastor Patsy and Megan and Addison, and at the end of one of their meetings they had said you know if you need prayer contact us and at that point i you know something inside of me just said call them mary and ask for some prayer so i called and actually you know when i reached out i spoke with trijay who was just so lovely and the service i think it was that following friday that was the service that jeff took a baby blanket anointed it and sent that to us in the mail and we received that in the mail a couple of days later i remember just holding that blanket and just feeling like Holy Spirit through that piece of cloth. And, you know, every time we would watch church from our home in Calgary, we would just, you know, the blanket always sat on the sofa, but we would just take it out. I would wrap it around myself. I would just hold it. I would just remember the promise that was in the blanket of this baby that was going to come to us, not if, but when. And it was a beautiful fellowship with the people of St. Louis Family Church. You know, while we were walking through this valley, they were just there for us every step of the way, praying and cheering us on. Feeling that support, even though we're from here, it is feeling what being part of a family like St. Louis Family Church is and does through God to help strengthen our faith and not feel alone. Through the church, they really helped us to understand the Word of God surrounding children and what it says about children in the Bible, which is God created children. He put that desire to have a baby in both of our hearts. And I really just submersed myself, you know, in the scripture, getting into God's Word, realizing, yes, it is God's will for us to have a family. That was a big shift in our thinking. What this journey has done for us, it's brought us closer to God. At first, it was like, separating us, it was challenging. It was like constant attacks and breaking this town. And then with the church and continually reading scripture and, and the support of our fellowship with Saturn Moose Family Church, we were able to strengthen that. And we've actually gotten closer. When I found out I was pregnant, it was just such an amazing joy. It was actually um, a year to the month, um, February 2022, I took a pregnancy test and called John into the bathroom and found out that I was pregnant. And it was just such, <laughs> you know, a beautiful, beautiful moment. So, wow, we have our son. 
our beautiful baby Samuel John, our perfect baby boy. I mean, every time I look at our baby, I just see the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And you know? how we want to raise this baby boy with God as foundation and see what he can do in the world. And we just want to thank everybody at the St. Louis Family Church. For Pastor, praying for yeah. us, praying for him. And we just truly feel so incredibly blessed and can't wait to come to St. Louis to meet you all and have Samuel John dedicated this spring. Hallelujah. I like what Samuel John was doing with his hair, too. I thought that was cool. And then, uh, you know, when we were in between our first and second year of Bible school, we had a baby named Chelsea. And we prayed about their, we prayed for all of our kids and their mates. And uh, interestingly, three of the four kids, I actually traced it that I dedicated all of my future in-laws when they were infants to the Lord except for this one. And, uh, but I am grateful that they found each other, and I want you to just see this quick. The, the news found out about his uh, extravagant uh, strategy for slipping up on her and uh, proposing to her, and it was, it's quite interesting. It's just a 30-second video. We're going to get in the Word, and we're going to have a great day. Hallelujah. Talk about a memorable proposal. One man pulling out all of the stops to get his now fiance to say yes. Check it out. This happened a few weeks ago. We wanted to make sure you saw it. Chelsea Perry was in the middle of a fashion shoot when some people noticed something flying across the sky. It was a plane pulling a banner saying, I love you, Chelsea. Will you marry me? After a surprise and emotional yes, the couple headed to the top of the arch to celebrate their engagement. So God answers prayer, hallelujah. So I hope that blessed you. Uh, you know, the overbees are, you know, sweethearts and bookends, you know, of Brian and Chelsea and then Lisa and Jade with an amazing testimony that God chose to have brought up into this different setting. And you, you and I, we have a testimony. And, and I, my testimony to you today that I wanna bring to you, and I don't have a whole lot of time, um, but I can be, I could go all Presbyterian on you and preach a 15 minute sermon. I think it can be done. And, uh, I, I want to talk to you about how to be led by the spirit of God. And I would just say in all these testimonies, there was the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You know, these two, a widow and a widower found, discovered the compatibility they have, their interest in Jesus their focus on uh, the things that are of high priority to them, as did the young couple. And they both deflected and waited uh, to get the right compatibility and the right uh, person. And then, of course, with uh, Jade and Lisa, God walked them through a journey, Jade from the projects to now owning a number of businesses, Lisa being a business owner, and uh, all with a giving component, you know. And then... um, uh, the Laquintas or the Iquintas uh, from from Canada, I think it would be cool. We could maybe find out when they're going to come, and let's just have a big church party over little Samuel John. Maybe whatever service you usually come to, maybe double up and come to that. Probably the second service, we'll make a big church party about it. But Father, I pray you would help us because, in fact, we know you to be our help. That God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Live by the spirit. Walk in the spirit. 
So to the spirit. Pay attention to the spirit. There's a spiritual dimension that differs from the soul and the body. And I pray for clarity to come to us in Jesus' name. Amen? I want to get right to the point. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I don't often tell this, but my parents dragged us from church to church, and we went to a mind science type, Christian science type environment when I was about five, six years old. I got in this, uh, I guess, Sunday school, and I was in there, and this man was hovering over the kids, and uh, they were teaching their doctrine, and uh, he, he, he said, what is God, Timmy? And Timmy would say, God is mind. And then I just remember it was really, I felt really awkward because I was a new kid in the room and, you know, and I just remember I had asked my mom, God, what, what is, I said, mom, what is God? And she said, God is a spirit. And she actually referenced this verse. She didn't tell me the scripture chapter and verse, but so when he was doing that, I was trying to, you know, brace myself like any classroom and trying to make sure I answered right. I really wasn't even trying to be contradictory. And so when he came to me, he asked several people, Sally, what is God? God is mind. And uh, that's what Mary Baker Eddy taught, but it differs from the scriptures. Uh, What the scripture says is God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. This was, this happened to me. I said, he said, what is God? And I said, God is a spirit. And he fell back against the wall. And so began my ministry, I guess, you know, of, uh, Because we are spirit, soul, and body. Uh, I want you to understand the three-part nature of your existence. Uh, God is spirit. He created us in his image. But from the dust of the earth, he formed our flesh. And he's also given us a soul. We are spirits. We have souls. We live in a body. There's a real distinction between these. This will help us. There are two verses Hebrews 4.12 talks about the word of God being that which divides and makes distinction between spirit, soul, and body. It says the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. That's why we're going to this book. Uh, Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. Now, why would the writer of Hebrews say there's a division between soul and spirit if they're one and the same? Uh, the, The spirit, the word is pneuma, the, the, word, the Greek word for soul is suke. They're totally different. And the spirit of a man, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 27, is the lamp or the candle or the mechanism of the Lord that he interacts with. Here's what I want if you're a note taker. Um, God, the spirit, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. It says in the book of Romans. And this is the main means by which we have um, communication and interaction with God. Uh, God, The the Bible says it's a crooked and perverse generation that looks after signs. I have always been very wary of looking for outward confirmations to confirm the word of God. I do believe he does tokens of his good, and I do believe there are things that he'll manifest uh, that that we can enjoy But man, I believe that if we really get down to the basis of our guidance, the word is first of all the lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Then there is this, for lack of a better term, um, 
an inward witness, his spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. That's in Romans chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 14 says that the, and this is, this is a byproduct of the new birth, all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So let's look at it in a different way. Sons of God, there has to be a new birth. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came out by night and said, uh, Rabbi, Master, Teacher, uh, we know you're from God because of all these miracles. Jesus doesn't get enamored or impressed with it. He doesn't go off into a, a tangent. He says, truly I say to you, uh, he said, unless one is born of water, now that was during, that's a reference to John's baptism of repentance. Unless you repent and you're born of the Spirit, he, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do you see the distinction there? The sword just divided those two. We are spirits. We have souls. We live in bodies. Listen to verse 7. He says, do not be amazed that I say to you, you must be born again. Then he says, the wind, and I love this verse. This ought to be indicative of St. Louis Family Church membership. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from and where it's going. Where are you coming from, man? Where are you going? You know, I was uh, at Paramarquette State Park praying and fasting, and I was on the uh, riverbank of, I think it's the Illinois River or, or Swan Lake. Uh, it's, it's one of those, and it's, a, it's a, uh, where the migratory birds fly through. It's a bird sanctuary, isn't it? And they fly through there. And, uh, and it's, so it's fantastic. You can see pelicans and seagulls. You can see white geese and eagles and Canada geese. Anyway, hallelujah. But uh, I was sitting on a log and I was struggling in prayer over a certain situation of a person that had hurt us. And I was feeling that pain of it and it was creeping into my progress and my prayer and I was feeling the hurt. And I was praying about this person. And just then my wife, I, I had my phone in my pocket and I had it off, but I could see that, you know, her, she was calling me. I thought, well, this is a good time. And I answered and she was sitting in the parking lot of the Walmart down the street. And because she stopped so she could retain good reception, because she got a call from a dear friend from another country and the dear friend from another country, she and, and, the, and this woman were having amazing fellowship. And I said, well, that is great. Because while I've just been praying here, I've just been struggling. I've been praying. And then just as I was saying this, the person in question walked by right near the car where Patsy was. And, and she said, I, I see this person. I said, stop that person. And so she stopped that person, brought him over. I said, what do you have? What money do you have in your purse? She said, you know, I have so many dollars. I said, get it all and give it to him. And, uh, and, and then I said, put, put him on the phone. And I was able to pray and be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Isn't that amazing? And oh, don't you want to know who that person was? <laughs> don't be nosy. But I'll tell you what I love is God, the Holy Spirit, coordinated a moment to get the toxicity out of my prayer closet because he knew it was vexing me. And it went, God, out of all the what seems to be random, come on. And I'm telling you, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the way you could flip that is when you're born of the Spirit, 
uh, you are not under the law, you're led by the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the dictates of the flesh. And God is our deliverer. God's coordinating this. And God, you can't make this up how well designed this whole thing is. Say this with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Now, God, his spirit speaks to our spirit. Spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Uh, The voice of our uh, soul is our intellect. Those perceptions of our thinking. Uh, the, the voice of our body, of course, obviously, five physical senses. And we're not to be led by the flesh and our five physical senses. We're not to be led by uh, the, our own lean on our own understanding. Proverbs 3 is fantastic with that. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. This is by no means dumbing down the church because we have the mind of Christ. We're actually elevated and raised up to walk in newness of life. We're actually raised up to access the throne of grace and actually benefit from the teacher who always takes uh, and, and guides us into the truth. He, he, he will re- he'll bring things to our remembrance. He'll quicken us and he'll alert us to things uh, so that we can follow and navigate him and follow and navigate with him and be led by the spirit. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Or when you and I are born again, We have a mechanism God activates in us where we were dead spiritually, we're made alive spiritually. He quickens us, right? And I liken it to the example of a radio that has the capacity with an antenna to pick up radio waves, radio signals that shoot through this room, invisible yet real, and the technology that, uh, you know, the, the scientists and the engineers put together that figured that out Well, God has put together something where we, his spirit, his Holy Spirit will will bear witness with our spirit. This happened with with the Overbees. This happened with Chelsea and Brian. This happened with the couple in in Calgary. She just happened to be watching uh, the ladies live stream. And then she felt, well, yeah, I want prayer. And, you know, they're doing their thing with the fertility thing. It wasn't working for them. I've seen this so many times. I've seen so many miracles where people spent thousands and thousands of dollars, and I think it's good and right to benefit from those things. Take, you know, God will use those things. But I've seen people where they went, well, it didn't work, and they were dis- disappointed, and they, they ended up conceiving and delivering a healthy baby uh, it, 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 even when they weren't on the fertility stuff. So I just love how God wants, and God wants people to have babies. And I want to say this to you, what the couple said that I thought was fascinating. There was a shift in their thinking. They went from, well, maybe it's not God's will for us to have babies. What I tell people is if they come to me and they're like tears in their eyes and we're, we want to have a baby, then I, then I just, I know that God, God is, he's, there are people that I, I have friends who don't have babies. They never had an aspiration to have babies, a number of couples. And it's like, that's fine. You know, they, that was what, that's how they felt led. And that's completely fine, you know. But when people come and they desire to have babies, uh, God doesn't deprive. Children are a gift from the Lord. And they had a pivot in their thinking. And I'm going to tell you this too. It pivot away from psychic stuff. Uh, astrology, Ouija boards, uh, any of that kind of garbage. Those are counterfeits, the devils use them. 
Get only your directives from the written word of God and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And you say, how will I know what the promptings of the Holy Spirit are? The psychic said they're a Christian. Uh, Listen, uh, the devil appears as an angel of light. And this will deception proof you. Just guard your heart. Listen, uh, something happened to my son Kingston. I'll tell you about. We were in the civic meeting. And he was leading the music, and he saw somebody across the room and had this sense, you're not supposed to be in here. He told me this later. And he, he said, Dad, I felt kind of judgmental. I said, well, he said, but this is, this is what I got. This is what I had. He didn't even say, this is what I got in my spirit. He's, 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 you know, he doesn't use that kind of verbiage, but yet that's what happened. And then later on, This person, this person, this person coordinated and interrupted the event while the governor was speaking, and they were protesting something that was important to them, but they interrupted the meeting. But Kingston, prior to that, uh, here's what I would see. The Holy Spirit prompted him with a gift called discerning of spirits. He discerned, that was different than just the witness of the Spirit. He had a witness in his spirit too, but it was amplified with an additional gift of the Spirit. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, okay? So we can have these things at our access. Fundamentally, every day, we can be led by that inward witness. We, 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 can, we can quench the spirit or grieve the spirit. And when we sow to the flesh, we reap corruption and decay. And when we sow to the spirit, we reap life and peace, right? And you can tell when you're in the flesh. You get riled up. You can sense it in your spirit. And you can tell when you're flowing in the spirit, it's like, wow, this is this is just seems to me. like when I was praying across the river and my wife was in the parking lot at Walmart and she was talking to a friend from out of town. And then somebody else comes walking by that God had been prompted. How, how cool is that? That's just an example from our lives of what the Lord can do. And in the case of Kingston, he you know, what, what was awesome also is, you know, I, I love living in a country where we have the right to protest but really not interrupt a banquet with a bunch of people right before Thanksgiving. It was an inappropriate timing. Trying to out-yell the governor of the state, who's just given a, a, you know, a, a reference to some of the breakthrough uh, uh, economics going on in the, in the state. And uh, I looked out, and, and it was really gratifying to my heart because I saw uh, St. Louis Family Church members bow up and run the people out, lovingly, gently, politely, but they shut it down. They tried to unfurl a big banner, said, nope, go on out. Uh, Tommy Shaw was on one door, Pastor Virgil over there, uh, Pastor Trey, uh, uh, Joe Kowalik, and it was amazing. And I thought it was also, uh, there was civil discourse. The governor said, okay, I realize you want to get some attention, but right now we'll finish this. And he, he just kept going. So it was a, it was a beautifully laid out deal. Um, and my son had that prompting in his spirit. It reminded me when I had been appointed by Mayor Jack Leonard, the Chesterfield mayor, to oversee and provide help for the homeowners who had struck, suffered in the flood. And there were about, I think, 47 houses uh, in the valley from the back in the old days, you know, farmhouses and so forth, uh, family, and all represented a family unit, and they all needed to get back on their feet. So I was put in a position of authority. Well, 
city leadership, uh, city council members and so forth said, hey, there's a, a father and son team that are coming to make a presentation to help the homeowners. And we want you to be there because that's your designated role of authority and responsibility. So I said, okay. Meet, so they said, meet us in City Hall in the side uh, boardroom. So I went there, walked in the room, brought my father. We were working together. I sat down at the table. This man and this, uh, his adult son, they came and they were using a grease board and explaining uh, what they were going to do for the homeowners, you know, that if they will give this their, their insurance money and their invest, then they can help. They can make their insurance money go a lot farther and click. Something went off in my spirit, not in my head, because I was like, you know, I was looking forward to an opportunity for the homeowners because I was put in that position of authority, probably the pastoral role too, the pastor gift to shepherd the flock and guard from wolves. I bowed up. Something changed on my inside. And I remember sitting there, and at a certain point, I realized I was being lied to, and everybody at the table was being lied to. And I knew there was lying going on. I could sense that it was deception. And I'm telling you, something turned in my heart, and I slammed my hands on the table. I pointed at him, and I found myself saying, you're a liar. And uh, the city council, little sweet ladies, my dad, who's like type B, real gentle, one of the sweetest guys you ever want to know, just all went. And I, and I did too. I was, and I stood up on my feet and I said, how dare you come and lie to the people that are victims of this flood and come in here with this deception? And how dare you as a dad teach your adult son how to be a liar? You're both con men liars and you need to get out of here. The guy goes, who are you to tell me to get out of here? I said, they've appointed me to this responsibility and in Jesus' name, get out of this building. My dad was going. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm telling you, man, it, it, was beyond, it was not like me to do that. But then uh, one of the detectives, Chesterfield detectives, ran into me while we were in the valley working, pulled over in a squad car. He said, hey, hey, Pastor Jeff, you were right. I said, what? I didn't know what he's talking about, uh, about those guys. We researched them and they've been lying to people all the way down the Missouri River from Kansas City all the way to here. They've been sneaking and stealing and lying and you, you called it, you were right. Well, the Holy, God the Holy Spirit was bringing a revelation. And so what I wanna say to you, Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And this just happened to Kingston, a similar thing, that when you're in that meeting, you just had a sense, that guy's not supposed to be here, and he wasn't. They, they, they came in to disrupt, they came in to be rude and be not be civil. They certainly, I mean, I love a country where we have freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, and freedom of protest. And it was awesome because St. Louis Family Church guys protested the protesters and got them out of there. Let's all stand up on our feet, hallelujah. I got all reared up, man. Wow, I got all cowboy up here. Pastor Jeff got all cowboy. But see, if I had been, if I had not been activated by the Holy Spirit, I could have been susceptible to the con artistry. And the con men were coming to lie and take and rip people off, take advantage of a moment, right? And isn't it great to know that the Holy Spirit can uh, Satan-proof your life and that he can actually help you. And if you follow the witness in your spirit, 
you and I, we will get excellent results. And those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Isn't it great to know that you can be led by the Holy Spirit? Isn't it great to know that my sheep know my voice? Even if you're a young person, a new Christian, you just got saved 10 days ago, or you've been walking with God for 60 years. Man, keep those antennas out. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You'll be able to discern between good and evil. You'll be able to go, wait a minute, some psychic thing or a familiar spirit, that'll help you with personal prophecy. We're not supposed to be led by personal prophecy. It's for uh, uh, confirmation, not revelation. I'm watching some of this personal prophecy movement amongst the, amongst the charismatic church, and there's a, there's a bit of a pivot or a shift, and there's too much emphasis on it. It's beneficial, but you put it on the back burner. The main thing is the Word of God, and the main thing is the bearing of witness in your own spirit. You don't just mouth breathe and let some man or lady tell you, move to this town, marry this person, quit this job. Don't go there. You follow the witness of the Holy Spirit. You follow what the Lord says to you. You know His voice. Each one of us, has a pre we're a priest unto God, and Jesus is the only mediator between us and God. And He will help us. And I was happy that God moved on, because I didn't see those guys. God was activating the next generation to say, hey, there's a sensitivity and a sensibility I want you to operate in, right? Yeah. Hallelujah. You got up on your feet, and now I'm preaching the second message. I pray God will lead and order our steps. I pray for a sensitivity and a receptivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's just lift up our hands just like antennas and a radio. And God, we know you're signaling us. We know you're endeavoring to guide us. We know you're trying to deception-proof us. We know you want us to be led and sensitize us to follow those subtle promptings of the Holy Spirit. Help us not to sow to the flesh and reap decay. We keep our bodies under, we get our minds renewed by meekly receiving with gentleness the engrafted word. And now, Lord, I pray you order people's steps. God, if there's anyone online or present here that's not surrendered their life to Jesus with their hands up, they yield. And God, I ask there be a tremendous heart of change and openness to receive Jesus Christ as Lord in each life. Anybody that's been away from God, anybody that's been sowing to the flesh, I pray for repentance, surrender, and rededication. And God, for all of us, I pray that we get a prophetic heads up as we go. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys.